This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. Amazing people that aren't us. Neil Duncan has spent his life devoted to music, composing and performing. As a professional saxophonist, he has played with some of the biggest bands in Australia and New Zealand. However, when Neil developed sarcoma in his left arm and underwent an amputation, he faced the prospect of losing his career. Well, today, five years on, Neil has returned to playing saxophone professionally with one arm. Yes, you heard that right, with one arm. And we're honoured to chat with him today. Good morning, Neil. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing well. Neil, I, I think this is really fascinating because basically while you're out, a buddy goes and does some research for you, right? Yeah, literally while I'm out. Like while I'm under sedation, you know, while I'm under the knife. Yeah. Having my arm amputated, um, he's he's going, I can't, um, you know, he was like, I can't imagine, what's our band going to do without Neil? So <laughs> he went online and, and um, typed up one-handed saxophone and uh, up popped this little link. So, and that's where the whole uh, journey started. Well, let's talk about how, how you felt when you had this prospect of not being able to play again. Before you knew that you could make a one-handed saxophone, what was that emotional journey like of losing a limb and that fear that you won't be able to play again and, and continue that career of music? Yeah, it was pretty horrific. I mean, I had my kids and I thought, well, at least I'll have my kids. I'll, I'll um, you know, I'll be a dad. Uh, but my passion and my way of making a living, basically, because I was a musician making a living and bringing up my kids. So um, losing that, two things, losing my, my job and you know, losing my passion as well it was just um, horrendous. Mate, I think of one of the quotes I watched in uh, an interview with you, and you said, you know, one of the things we're called to do as people is love other people. And, I, you know, I think I, I picture that moment where you're sitting there like, oh, man, like you could take a foot and I could still play saxophone, you know? Like, yeah. And- Look, you know, when you have these disasters happen, your priorities change. Yeah. And, and, you know, my kids have said to me, Dad, you know, if you could have your arm back, would you? And, uh, of course, my initial reaction, of course I would. But then when I think about it after what's happened over the last few years and how it has changed my priorities and how it has made me think about the other things in life, it is a part of me that goes, well, maybe maybe I wouldn't. Maybe this is what's supposed to happen, you know? Mm. I, I ended up recording at Abbey Road Studios, and I think that's where that quote came from. And as I walked into the doors of Abbey Road Studios with my one arm and my one-handed saxophone, I just kept thinking of John Lennon It just kind of, popped into my head over and over again, all you needed to love, and I thought, well, that's kind of what this journey's taken me on. So that's, you know, pretty amazing. It's just incredible to think that... Uh, so someone in Amsterdam made this instrument for you, this, this saxophone. Can you tell us about the differences between a normal saxophone, two-handed saxophone, and what yours looks like now, and how long it took for you to learn to play it? Well, it took him two years to make it. Wow. He, uh, Yeah, it... it, it it's a it's a kind of a it's a work of genius really. Um, he's a strange eccentric Dutch man, and yet he he makes this incredibly beautiful precision instrument that um yeah it, it's um it looks exactly like a normal saxophone except the left hand the hand that I don't have everything's closed and held down by mechanical things. This is a simple explanation mm-hmm. for people who don't play the saxophone, and so my right hand works as normal, but then there's some little keys next to the right-hand keys that I moved back to use, and they actually open the top hole. So it's kind of counterintuitive, and you being a saxophone player would know that. And that's the prop has been the problem with it. It's counterintuitive because I'm pushing keys down 
to open holes instead of close them. And so it's all backwards. Um, and that messes with your brain. Mm. Um, uh, and that's why it has taken me, you know, at least it took me two years to get it to a playable kind of level. And then I've since gone on to sort of take it to um, the next level. Now I'm playing music back exactly how I was. And in fact, some people are sort of saying, your style is different and I prefer it. So that's kind of nice. I also would imagine that you kind of get thrust into a world of disability advocacy. You know, uh, in 2016, you become a part of the Paralympic band, uh, the Superhumans, and, and suddenly you're on a, a new and different stage that you never thought that you'd ever be on. I mean, that must have been a bit of a, a learning process as well. Yeah, and I'm still learning. I mean, I'm the ambassador for this expo on the weekend, and, and these, these gigs are really still quite new to me, and... and um, uh, I'm finding it fascinating, and I, it, it's really cool to actually have this instrument because it sets off so many things. It, it, you know, um, people hear me play or watch me play now, and you know, hopefully they get inspired by the music. But there's another kind of inspiration happening now, and that is the, um, you know, the inspiration sort of uh, the, the the developing of ideas. So people see this instrument and they think of. Um, what of new ideas about about technology and about tools to to give to people with disabilities? So it has already sparked off. My instrument has already sparked off. I got to make a set of building tools for a builder that had one arm. Uh, it's got someone developing a one-handed violin. Uh, it, the instrument itself just sets people thinking and gets you know and, and gets things rolling in in the disability sector. And and as someone you know and as to be kind of part of that and go. You know, man, this is um, helping a lot of people. is a really kind of awesome thing, and uh, it, it's also it's a whole new line of work for me, which is great. You're helping people, but uh, I'm aware that a lot of people helped you in your journey. Um, your community, those who wanted you to be able to play your instrument again. Can you tell us about how people have helped you along the way? Uh, look, it was a really expensive instrument. Um, you know, it, like it took them, took them two years to make, and, and as a musician and with four kids, you know, we were scraping by. So there's no way I could afford that. Um, so, like so many people came on board. We, um, you know, obviously my family, uh, you know, colleagues, uh, benevolent society called um, Support Act. Uh, two government departments came on board. There was there was benefit concerts um, by, by by my local community up here in the Blue Mountains. There was benefit concerts in Sydney uh, by uh, all my colleagues. And um, between us all, we we put it together. And um, it took a while, but it, you know, incredible support. Um, and that kind of happened one because I've played music with a lot of people and they didn't want me to stop. Um, but also two because the whole story kind of in the community really got got to people, you know, a saxophone player losing his arm. It's quite kind of dramatic mm. and people were quite kind of touched by it and moved by it. And then when there was all, all of a sudden a possibility, and I kind of like to say this a little bit as well, was like this disability I have is um, it's kind of turned into a possibility. And it started then because people started seeing the possibility of, you know, me being able to play again and of... Um, and on on a bigger a bigger picture, um, the, the possibilities of some sort of equality in the disability sector with um, instruments being built for people to express themselves on. So yeah, it was a dramatic story, and so many people came supported it. So I was extremely lucky. And that's kind of when I go back to saying, you know, when the kids say, "Dad, you know, would you want your arm back?" 
was a part of me that goes, well, you know, I have had so much love given to me and now I have this, this, you know, I really want to try and give it back that it's just created so much in my life and, and uh, you know, it's awesome. Mate, I, I think um, of someone listening right now who goes, you know what, I, I didn't have a cool story like that that a whole bunch of people gravitated to and they're seeing the adversity in their lives right now that they didn't ask for and they're, they're not seeing that window for possibility, um, to use your yes. words. What would you say to a person like that facing adversity? That's, that's, the, that's the, that's, I mean, you know, asking me what the meaning of life is really. I mean... <laughs> it's big. Um, 42, we all know the meaning I mean, of life. All, all, all I did was I opened my heart as much as I possibly could. And, you know, and, and, and when adversity happens, and I, I realise I'm a really lucky guy. I mean, I could have been in a situation, for instance, if it was my right arm I had have lost, he couldn't have made the saxophone. So, you know, there's a hell of a lot of luck in there, and there's a, I feel pretty blessed. So I understand there's a hell of a lot of people that are way worse off than I am and don't have the potential to have the possibilities that I've had. But, I mean... All I did was when this happened, um, I guess I could have got angry when I lost my arm, when I got the cancer. I could have got angry. I could have got bitter. I could have um, closed off. Um, but I thought, well, there's a chance. And the cancer was very serious and very aggressive. And there was a hell of a good chance I wasn't going to last very long. So I thought, well, with the time I have, I need to open my heart to everything and everybody. And... Um, yeah, and uh, and, and reprioritise my life and, and think about what really is important. And and I guess that kind of got to people. Uh, Neil, you're going to be uh, this weekend at the Southwest Disability Expo in Liverpool. What can people expect to hear from you? Well, I will be playing the instrument there um, and I will be telling my story, which is a big story. Uh, I'll be going through the story and telling you know, how it all happened and... Um, um, so that'll that'll be my thing, and I'm there as somebody showing a product, really, because this is a product, and it, there is only one. But um, we're now getting to the point where we're thinking of ways of actually mass producing it, so you know people that have had strokes or have one arm mm. will have a chance to play. Um, so that's kind of cool. But but the, the the expo itself, I haven't been to one. This, this disability world is actually very new to me. So this is my first expo that I'll be going to. But from what I can see, it seems to be a, a huge place. You know that, that that you can't. You know you can go face to face with people that are providing products like mine, um, services, and there's you know access to government agencies and advocacy groups. But basically, just um, a place where people can go to sort of find ways of improving their daily lives. People with disabilities. Um, there'll be performers. There'll be guest speakers. NDIS reps will be there. There's a sensory play area. So this is just this. This um, thing that, from where I sit, it seems to be like the world of disability is, is opening up. There is a lot of support out there now and a lot of technology and a lot of, you know, thought going into it. And, and this is one place where it all comes together. So mm. I will find out on the weekend what it's about, but that's what it seems to be about at the moment. And, and yeah. Excellent. Well, you can catch Neil performing and uh, speaking about... Uh, about his story uh, tomorrow at 11am at uh, the Whitlam Leisure Centre in Liverpool and the Southwest Disability Expo runs tomorrow and Saturday there as well. Thanks for joining us on Hope Breakfast, Neil. No worries. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.